0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Then Before Us podcast. This is Jen. I'm Katie, and uh, happy to be here, as always. Happy to be here. Happy to be back stateside. I'm a world traveler now, and mm. I can use terms like went abroad, from the states, stateside.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, very good. It's a It's a short hop across the pond, but it feels like a different world sometimes. Yeah. How are you doing jet lag wise? You have a lot of experience with this. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if I ever even got on London time. I slept like four to six hours each night that I was there. And so then by the time I got back to the U.S., uh, eight o'clock rolled around and I was like, goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I slept perfectly fine there. I just transferred right to the time.
0: But coming home, I'm like wide awake at like four o'clock in the morning Which is, that's, now I'm awake when Katie's awake. Welcome, welcome to my schedule. (laughs) Our East Coast colleagues, now I'm like fully awake when you all are awake, so that's been great for you guys, terrible for me. No, so we had a wonderful time in London, but if someone's just listening to us for the first time, let's break down what the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship is, and
1: then how did you get connected, Katie? We were in London last week for the first conference of the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. So this is um, Jordan Peterson's new project. And um, it, well, I'll tell you how I got involved. Um, There's kind of like three main founders of ARC, maybe four, um, Jordan Peterson, uh, Philippa Stroud of the UK, and, and a few other of her compatriots who are like, investors and people that have just been involved in good work around the globe, um, like really repairing the social fabric, really um, working to ensure good governance um, on several continents. Like they they are all about like socially investing in projects that actually move the needle um, when it comes to human flourishing. Um, and then John Anderson from Australia. And John was the one that pulled me into this. He was at my house a little more than a year ago with a film crew, um, interviews, interview- viewing Stacey and I about our first book, then Before Us. And uh, we just had such a great time. I mean, like, they are like, we really need to go to the airport. But this charcuterie board is fantastic. And we just laughed and told stories. And it was really great. And while he was there, um, while he was here, he said, you know, has Jordan Peterson read your book? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that'd be great. Uh, And he said, well, let me see if I can change that. And I was like, all right. I mean, I had no idea that they were chummy and would sit around, you know, talking about how to fix the problems in the world. And anyway, he uh a couple of months later I get an email from John to me and Jordan and Jordan's wife, Tammy. And that was all kind of introducing us. Uh, and then a couple of months later, I was in a Zoom call with Philippa and John, and um in essence, saying, "Do you want to join the advisory board for this new project that we have?" Um, and if you go to the website, you know it's beautiful, it's it's sub- substantive, um, and they they spend many many lines talking about why this is needed right now, why we need a better story, um, why we need to focus on good um, you know deconstructing the administrative state and Empowering people through good use of resources and stewarding the environment and addressing climate concerns in ways that do not harm or kill the most vulnerable across the globe. Um, but they also have a huge emphasis on the social fabric and the importance of relationships, specifically family, when it comes to human thriving. And so they use all those big words. Um, and I just say, this is the righteous inverse of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. This is. The antidote for the global elites trying to force top-down edicts on the rest of us in ways that actually destroy the fabric of society and um, misuse the resources that we have and have an improper understanding of humans in relation to the planet. So they are all awesome and it's been a joy to be on the advisory board for them and it was uh, electric to come together in London last week and meet the 1500 people that have been invited to the first like in-person gathering that we have had, not the last. Um, And so that's what we did last week in London. It was the first like physical manifestation of the ARC principles and what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah,
0: amazing. I wanna think for a second. So the World Economic
1: Forum, which I don't know that
0: much about, but people will hear things here or there there'll be a viral video or a speech uh greta thornberg uh the climate activist gal you know teenager um is someone who's been featured there and one of the big things that people i think kind of the sane lay people take away from that conference is that it really is it's the richest of the rich extremely powerful people that have sort of the um They dare to fly on private jets to one of the nicest parts in the world to tell everyone else to stop using fossil fuels Mm -hmm. and everyone should eat bugs and stop having children. And it's this very hopeless, dark view of the future. Like you're saying, when we talk just about COVID lockdowns would be a great example of this. We saw people around our country, the United States, say, you know, governors and leaders say, you aren't allowed to leave your house. You can't have your business open. And then we would watch them go to dinner parties, go get their hair done, go fly in their jet and and party in Florida while their state is locked down. And so we just saw so much of this hypocrisy. Whereas then in the at the ARC, it wasn't a question that we all need to take a plane to get here. But the point is that the world could flourish. We're sitting on the most amazing technology and wealth and human ingenuity the globe has ever seen. And instead of wringing our hands and saying, let's ruin everything for the sake of the globe, it's the idea of where are things broken? How can we come together to fix it and use the resources we have? Like we've talked about before with um, fossil fuels, the point should be use the energy we have to continue to lift people out of poverty and come up with new ways to have cleaner and more efficient energy. You know, so I agree. It was just a very hopeful. And one of the big takeaways for me, and then I'd love to hear if you had a big highlight. <clears throat> one of the things I thought was so unique was they they structured in so much break time, so much time just to chat with people and to network. Cause that was just understood to be one of the big points of the whole event. So lots of coffee breaks, long lunches. And it just felt like a particularly warm networking environment. I don't know if that's your experience, but I just got to come like being adjacent to you. So that was kind of nice. People didn't really know who I was, but I could say, oh, I worked with Katie and with them before us. And there was recognition and it was really neat. And I got to connect with a lot of people around the world doing similar work, but everyone was open to talking to whoever was around them. It just felt like a very, and I'm very extroverted. That was just crazy highlight to me. It's just you're standing in line for coffee and I'm talking to an MP in Australia, you know, a member of parliament who's just seems very down to earth, super nice person. And we're just chatting, getting coffee together. And so you're rubbing shoulders with very influential people, but th- it doesn't feel like this sense of, well, you're important and I'm not. And so I don't know who to talk to. What was what were some highlights for you?
1: Well, there was a bazillion, uh, every person was a highlight, I guess is how I would put it. Every single person I talked to was a highlight. And um, you know, it was headlined by Jordan Peterson and Kissin and um, Constantine Kissin and I mean like, and John Anderson and Louise Perry and Ayan Hirsi Ali. And I mean like you had the most incredible thinkers and speakers that were actually at the conference and you can go to the ARC YouTube page and watch a lot of them. Uh, and they were wonderful, but the ordinary people whose names you never will know, who are simply working to make a difference in their own little corner of the world, who are refusing to accept the permacrisis narrative and that humans are a blight and a parasite on the planet narrative, and instead are working, doing the hard work of, you know, the people we tend to rub shoulders with, with doing the hard work to preserve and protect and revive the family and protect children they were the highlight for me. And it was, I, I mean, oh my gosh, so, so incredible and so humbling to meet some of them and have them say them before us has shaped the way we are advocating for the family in our little corner of the world in Slovenia or in Poland or in Greece or whatever it was. And, uh, um, I marveled at the goodness of these people and the resolve of these people and the conviction of these people. And many of them are not doing this as a full-time job like I am. Many of them are like in between, you know, raising my five children, I also write about this. And I also try to, you know, bring legislation against what the gigantic European Union is trying to force down on my little country. And so I I loved the connection. Um, and obviously having research papers and formal dinners and incredible speeches was a big part of the weekend. One of the biggest priorities of ARC is, this is not just a one weekend or one week conference a year. They do want to build a network and a coalition of people across the globe, like the connections are the point. And part of the reason um, is because Jordan Peterson would say, I did these tours in hundreds of cities across the globe and in every city I went to, even the most liberal places where you would think, well, there's, you know, this whole city's in the tank or this whole country's in the tank. He would find dozens of people would come up to him who were resisting, who were resisting nobly. And they all thought they were the only ones. They all thought they were alone. And so one of the purposes of the conference was to say, everybody get together. You're not alone. Look at actually this incredible global structure that we have um, of resistors who are rejecting the permacrisis narrative and instead saying we're going to rebuild and we're going to renew mm-hmm. that's good just some uh, links for
0: people if they want to look it up the arc website is arcforum.com and arc is spelled with a c because it's alliance for responsible citizenship but there of course they are alluding to the arc of Biblical proportions, the idea that we could, you know, we're all getting aboard something that's going to save humanity in a sense. And then the ARC YouTube page is youtube.com at ARC underscore forum. And it was so fun to see. I, I had many friends who I was posting different things on social media as I was there in person, but they were already watching a bunch of the speeches because ARC was putting the speeches online. And you mentioned Constantine Kissens is one that I think has. A few million views, depending on where you're looking. Most of these have, you know, 50,000 to 250,000 views already and so many great interviews. Um, Your connection, Erica, what is her last name? Erica Kromisar. She's so fantastic. And so she wrote, she's within the Social Fabric group as well, but she wrote a research paper. And then can you tell us a little bit about the research paper then before us submitted
1: Yeah, Erica is like one of my, I mean, she mentors me. She doesn't know it, but she mentors me. She is the expert on motherhood um, and the importance of mothers and the distinctive of mothers. There's lots of research out there on absent fathers and the impact on kids. She is the expert on what mother deprivation does to a child, whether they don't have a mother or they're just the mother's not available to them because she is working and putting the kids in childcare, and has received a lot of flack for that, by the way so she wrote a a research paper on how children can thrive. What do children need to thrive? We wrote our research paper, really all the them before us fundamentals of um, what do children have a right to? Why is it that um, only these two adults lend itself to child flourishing? Um, And then we examined how culture, law, and technology had deconstructed those children's rights um, and all the different ways that children's rights have been under attack. But then we spent quite a bit of time talking about how we can leverage culture, law, and technology to restore children's rights. So that is available um, at ARC Forum. You can go to research papers and our research paper is listed there. Um, it's got extensive footnotes. Um, it's a great resource to just hold on to if you're in a an argument about marriage and family. Um, if you just want a really hard hit, like if you don't want to read the 200 page book that we have and you want the 20 page paper, um, you don't get as many stories of kids, but you're going to get um, a beautiful rendition of you know, our main child-centric message. So I commend the research paper to you. Um, it certainly took a lot, of, um, a lot of time and energy, but it ended up being a really beautiful product. You're listening to the Then Before Us podcast.
0: We just launched a new homepage at thenbeforeus.com. So head on over if you wanna stay connected to us by signing up for our newsletter. If you'd like to donate, read our studies, the latest things we've been up to or the stories of kids. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we will link to all of these things in our show notes for everyone, including we, uh, Katie did a great write up on the entire experience on our website. We'll link to everything. A uh, big thought I have too, and I know you're probably doing this, jotting notes and meeting people when you were there, but it does make me wonder whether it's within them before us, which for sure, of course, for both of us, it is in a lot of ways. But then there's also this idea of like, what can I do to, the theme was write a better story, tell a better story, like be pushing people toward the good and the beautiful. And in my conversation with Professor George, a few episodes ago, we talked about marriage culture in the West, how devastated it's been, you know, the idea, I think I chatted to someone recently who was talking about, oh, being married. Recently married, and she was talking about how great it was and that she didn't think it was going to be, you know, and just how, um, or you've talked about having teenagers is awesome, and how, you know, you and your husband, as they were getting older, you were like, oh, well, no, they might be, this is going to be the time they rebel, and then they didn't, and this might be the time they hate us, and then they didn't. So it's an interesting thing to think about just for people even listening. They're like, well, I don't work for a nonprofit that does this. I'm a stay at home mom, or I work in an office or they're a guy who does construction or whatever it is. What are we, yeah, just what are ways we can encourage people to, to they can go and read all these things, which would be awesome and be equipped and be inspired. And then it's kind of like, where do we go from here with, with mm-hmm. these, how do we tell a better story? How do we get involved? How do we, you know, be pushing this so we can actually change and write the ship that the West is, you know, sinking on.
1: Mm-hmm. You know our number one answer to that is always become an expert like know more about these topics than anyone else understand how critical it is for children to be connected to their married mother and father um so that they can thrive um but there's more that we can do too and actually that was the, the arc arc sent a film crew to my house like a month ago and taped 30 minutes of me talking and they're like we're gonna make a video for the conference Um, And so I didn't even know what the video was going to be about or what they were going to focus on. So I was like, oh, I got to get into the I have to leave my conversation during the coffee break and get in because I need to see what I said. And they put together this really beautiful video um, of two or three minutes of me talking about exactly what we can do to restore a flourishing marriage culture. And really, it is like, let the world behold your life. Let them behold you sacrificing for your marriage. Let them behold you delighting in your children. Let them behold you prioritizing your family above your fun. Um, let them behold your you being responsible citizens so your children grow into responsible citizens. And that is really something that, especially in this world where everybody has access to some kind of platform, you think that you being a stay-at-home mom with three little kids is not doing much let people behold you sacrificing, you know, time at work so that you can be home when your children are, as you know, preschoolers. There's so much power in the beholding that you actually can be an example for so many people coming behind you that have been fed a pack of lies about the goodness of this natural family unit. So, I we can link to that video um, when it's up. I think that it's, they should be getting it to us in the next couple of days. It's not up on YouTube, um, but it's really beautiful and, and very positive. Um, and there is something that all of us can do. We spent quite a bit of time at the end of our paper talking about how can you leverage your own networks in your own world to help cast a positive picture of marriage, family and parenthood um, for your social circle, how big or however big or small that is, right That's really good. And I'm thinking too for <clears throat> those of us who are single
0: and so you're like, well, I don't have a marriage or children to uh, have people behold. What comes to mind for me and that I've encouraged like my brother and other friends to do is the idea of service. So what I've really appreciated and maybe this is easier in some ways as a woman, is there's there's so many opportunities, especially when you're connected to a faith community to be around great families. And you can see these are, this is a healthy marriage. This is a healthy family. This is parenting I want to emulate. But I think too, I've, I've appreciated that I have the flexibility to step in when there's been need for someone, another adult to help, whether it's a ride or hanging out with someone at school or it's coaching or it's just showing up at someone's house. There's a friend where I show up at her house and just sort of tidy her living room while she's doing dinner, because it's like, something to do while I'm just rattling on while I'm just chatting. But it's just kind of like what I do when I go over, she's finishing up with kids and doing stuff. And I just tidy the living room. And then I sit down in it when it's tidy. Mm -hmm. But it's little things like that, where people regardless of your stage of life, or the way people who are married with kids can serve too, is incorporating people who are single into their life, letting them see it Um, You know, there's platform and then there's letting them come into your house for dinner. And when you see all this intersection of people sacrificing for each other and serving and you see the goodness of marriage and family and then you whether you grew up with that or not, you get to internalize a lot of that. Yeah, I think I have such a like I've shared in my earlier episodes, you know, my parents divorced and struggled with different things, but there's a lot of redemption in getting to see healthy families and marriages Uh, face-to-face like right life on life and so I just encourage people look for those communities serve people really sacrificially if you especially if you're not married and don't have kids you'll have to be more proactive to not put
1: yourself first you know in a lot of ways well you I will just say like that's actually a really critical part of the social fabric I mean like the social fabric is not it's never going to be less than marriage and family and parents and children, but it there's more than just that. Mm-hmm. And it is all of us are made for enduring, reliable, secure relationships. And we can find that in friendships. We should always find that in church. Uh, we can find that in community and civic action, which is fantastic. And so, everybody regardless of whether or not you're married or whether or not you have children really does like you are doing has to take ownership of knitting together a a durable social fabric That's good okay so
0: where as when the conference ended i got to spend two days traipsing around london seeing all that it had to offer you hopped on a plane immediately back to the states but not home you went to texas for an event so can you share a little bit about
1: that yes but i'm just going to back up oh yeah go ahead one more uh step and say the other incredible thing that happened at arc is we hosted the social fabric dinner right. um for the entire event so they had regional um events the first night the second night they had topic related dinners and then before us got to sponsor thanks to a very generous supporter got to sponsor the Social Fabric Dinner, the official dinner for the Social Fabric um, cohort that was there. And I think it's safe to say it was the most popular dinner that night. It was sold out the fastest. They had to turn several people away. The room was packed. There was no empty seats. Um, and we had a star studded group of people presenting. You know, I got to do sort of an overview of children's rights and talk specifically about how them before us has plans to um, take it to big business when it comes to the ways that they are seeking to undermine marriage, family, and children. Um, we had Jeff Schaefer speaking, who's our legal advisor and will be the director of our legal program next year. Um, we had, oh my gosh, Mary Harrington, who I absolutely fan girl over so much, um, speaking about technological threats to kids. We had this very courageous um, member of parliament from Scotland Kate Forbes talking about the cultural challenges when it comes to advocating for the traditional family. We had an MP from the UK named Danny Kruger who's fierce, hilarious, and brilliant, emceeing the whole thing. And it was just, it was a joy. It was such a joy. Um, And again, like, especially because all 240 people that attended it were specifically focused on marriage and family work and so it was really wonderful to for them before us to have the chance to shape dozens of countries just in that one dinner in terms of alerting them to the threats and guiding them in in a child centric way to combat those threats so it was that was that was definitely a highlight for me right yeah the s- same for me and being that
0: was the one time really all of us At the conference got to be in one room or, you know, as many of us that could fit were in one room. And then a highlight of that was a Slovenian uh, politician. I think he was a former prime minister who played the harmonica. He just told Danny Kruger he wanted to do it. And so our MC pulled an audible and he played Ode to Joy on the harmonica in front of everyone it was like you know rousing applause and it was a cool yeah I totally thought of the idea or the um the phrase happy warriors you know mm-hmm. we're the people who are I mean and some of the people I've chatted to since they are not paid like you said they're volunteer a lot of them are volunteer and they have to be careful what they are publicly associated with because it could have large implications for their future ability to work and their family and, and all these things. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about people won't like them. It's like, no, you could lose your livelihood mm-hmm. or face some kind of legal problems, you know, for the things you believe and say, you know, it's not just, it's not the same as the United States where you're supposed to be guaranteed these freedoms. So it was incredible just to be shoulder to shoulder with mm-hmm. all of those folks
1: Yeah, I agree, so. Yeah, so then I went to Dallas and uh, immediately got back on US time zone, easy peasy. Like my body was like, so ready for it. Um, But I got to go speak at the Wall Builders pro-family legislative conference. And Wall Builders, um, they, they are like big fans of the founding. They're all about like kind of correcting the narrative about what actually happened when we first arrived on the shores of the US and what was going on when we founded our country and um, they love to, they've got tons of historical documents like original sources. Um, So they every year put together um, a conference for state level legislators who care about family issues. So I got to go and address them, kind of keynote their first morning's um, session, talking about why just tactically why arguing from a child-centric perspective is tactically the right way to message, um, because and and not to use scripture, even though everybody in there was zealous uh, for the Lord, and not to use religious liberty arguments, uh, but rather to tackle this from a pro-child perspective, and how all culture war issues really can be framed in terms of being for kids. So that went well. And then um, we had a breakout session for anybody that wanted to talk about how to retake ground on the marriage issue. And we had easily 100 people in this teeny room, standing room only at the back, overflow into the back of the hallway, where I had like 25 minutes before I had to like jet and get on a plane to come home to Seattle. But since then, we've got like 10 emails from people who are like, let's go. I want to do this. I want to try to start to create a wedge in my state so that we can recapture lost ground on the marriage issue. And that's one thing that them before us is going to be focusing on in 2024 is we have this legal strategy, this legal pathway to to retake lost ground. So, uh, and just a quick plug, like we've got a virtual gala happening next week um, where we are going to talk about everything we've accomplished this year, including ARC, but lots of what we're going to do next year. So if you have not registered for that, easy like it's going to be me talking you're going to get some videos it's going to be like a matrix download of everything we've got going on you just show up you just you know you can do it over dinner you can do it like in your pajamas just come and listen to everything we have going on like it was electric at that at both of them i mean like at the social fabric dinner where there was so much hope and joy but also in the breakout session of these very motivated um pro-family legislators everybody is ready. Everybody is ready to fight on behalf of kids. And them before us is the tip of the spear in terms of how to do this effectively when it comes to cultural challenges and legal challenges. So if you haven't registered for our virtual gala, uh, get the to Zoom and register. <laughs>
0: yes, that's November 14th. So if you're listening to this before that, you need to go register. If you're listening to it after, sorry, you missed out but there'll be more in the future. Oh man, I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling ready to go. So this is exciting. People really, people joining right now still get to be the tip of the spear because it's all starting to blow up and we just want people to get on board. I mean, that's what we say, join the ark. I mean, board the arc. Um, mm-hmm. We like to say, join the movement for them before us. So yeah, great wrap up. Um, we're thankful for everyone who's, donated to us and supported us we can only do these kinds of things because so many people we have people giving five dollars a month people who give monthly though just like a household budget right it helps you plan ahead for what can we do who can we hire where can we travel all the things katie wants to say yes to but can't say yes to every single thing because we're trying to you know budget for all the things we have ahead so we're so thankful for all the people who join and uh finance us and read our newsletters and like our, and share our content, listen to the podcast. We appreciate all of you. So thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you're encouraged and thank you for joining the movement.
1: Whether you are religious or irreligious, whether you are single, married, gay, or straight, if you are defending the rights of children, you are one of us. Thanks for joining this global movement to put them, the children before us, the adults.